Hey guys, welcome to the Save Continue podcast, where every week we get together and talk about video games and video game related stuff. With me today is Brian Robinson. Hi, that's me. I'm Ryan. Welcome. Yeah, that's, that's that guy. Yeah. Uh, and then it's going to be two of us this week. Uh-huh. So, what have you been playing, Ryan? Uh, that's actually a really good question. So, uh, in the time since we last met, I have played through Spider-Man Miles Morales twice and gotten the Platinum Trophy on that. Thank you. All right. You- uh, <laughs> uh, that game is fantastic. I consider it to be, uh, personally, my game of the year. It's just a, a, a really, really awesome game. Um, I think the story that it's telling is very good. Um, and it doesn't... It, it's, the game starts out like just assuming that you know how, how Miles became Spider-Man. And just kind of picking up from there, like he's at the beginning of the story, like him and Peter are working together. Uh, and um, and then early on, like at the beginning of the story, like Peter has to leave town uh, with MJ. And so Miles is basically just protecting New York by himself. And the whole story plays out uh, while Peter's out of town. And I thought that was really cool uh, because with Peter gone, it feels it feels like it's Miles' game. You know, it feels like it's just Miles' story and he's not. You know, he's not being a sidekick or in the background. He's, like, front and center the whole time, and I really like that. Um, and I just, I think that uh, the way Miles's powers differentiate themselves from Peter made the gameplay feel fresh, because I, you know, I played, uh, you know, the, the first game, and um, it, it made it so that, like, I'm not just playing more of the same, and, and so, uh, but overall, I love that game a lot. Um, and then uh, Kaylee and I started uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and um, it's been a time so far. That game is uh... a time. That doesn't sound good. That I don't know. Sound good at I don't all. know. It's like I, I I do think so. Are you Assassin's Creed out? No, I don't. No, it's not that. It's just that I think that like when this game was announced, I was like, I just. I've I'd already gotten to the point where I'd accepted that uh, what Assassin's Creed was like what it is at this point, right? It's just like they're more action adventure uh, video games with like more pronounced like RPG elements mixed in, um, and but they kind of they're these games now have like a more like pronounced emphasis on like open combat. There are the stealth elements are still there, but it's still. Like, it's still very much, like, has an emphasis on open combat. Like, in this game, you're, like, going on raids with your Viking clan and, like, pillaging villages and shit. Um, okay. And I think the game is, like, so far the game is actually very fun. It's, uh... But the thing about it is that, like... This is an experience that I've had with, um... I had this with Legion, and I'm now having it with uh, Valhalla, which... The past two Ubisoft games that I've played have been, like, kind of buggy. You know, uh, just, like, a lot of, like, just random crashes, uh, like, graphical glitches. Um, sometimes there are... Sometimes quests are just broken. Like, maybe, <laughs> that just, like, in the way that, like, maybe you fulfilled the quest objective before getting the quest. 
so now you can't complete the quest. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's not like even like letting you be like, oh, you already did this? All right, give you the thing. Like is, other games will. Which is strange to me because what Odyssey did was if somebody wanted you to like maybe find an object or kill a specific person for the quest, and if you had already done it, then your character would say, well, you're in luck. I've already done that. And then the game would account for that, and then you complete the quest. And it seems, yeah. And it seems like it's not really doing that this time around. Um, for example, I got this... Um, it's Do you not, know if it's like a different team or something? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't really look that much. And what's funny is because like, usually with games that come out with the kind of frequency that Assassin's Creed is known for... I'll usually see. I will usually take a look and see like what studio, which studio, which team is working on a given game. Uh, yeah. But I've never really been like too like caught up on that stuff with Ubisoft. Um, but last night I got this quest where uh, they were like, "Hey, go into this base and like kill all the guards, right?" And so I had already gone to that base and killed all the guards previously to like do something else. And just, so, I mean, you found a base. There were some guards in there. I mean, they obviously needed to die. They were like, there, there was no other, like, well, you gonna leave them there living? They were asking for it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I think, okay, so ba to be fair, I killed all the guards but one because I didn't even know he was there. Uh, and so when I went back, I'm, I'm walking around this base. Like, at first, I walked, I, I walked in, to, I went to the base like stealthy, trying to hide. And then I realized that like nobody was there. So I was just, like, openly, like, running around, like, trying to figure out, like, what I'm doing. I'm like, is this quest broken? And then I find the one random guard who's, like, still standing at his post, like, by himself. Like, no one else is He's in like, the He's like, yeah, I just didn't notice all just, the guys <laughs> left. Yeah, and he's just, like, standing at his post, like, keeping watch. And then I killed him, and then the quest was complete. And it just seemed rather, it seemed, seemed really odd. Um, and some of, the, some of the bugs that come up are, like, they don't break the game. Uh, but they're kind of funny. Like um, in the game, you have a long ship that you can call from like basically any shore in the game. So if you're standing at a shore, you can call the ship and it will it'll show up. But uh, so last night I was watching Kaylee play, and she called her ship, and she's like, "Where's my ship?" And we look up, and the ship is just like floating like in the sky. It's like 20 feet off the ground, and it was just yeah, there. No, sh ships, <laughs> ships do that sometimes. Yeah, and it was just it was just weird and. Um, you know, and luckily neither of us has ran into this so far, but there's some stuff about like corrupted saves going on. Uh, so people are like mm. losing like 50 hours of gameplay because of a corrupted save. Fuck. And like Ubisoft is doing this thing where they have this service called UB Connect that you sign into mm -hmm. with like that connects to, across all of their games. And it didn't occur to either of us until kind of recently that uh, I, we think that they're like keeping your save data in the like a cloud like if you sign in but they don't make mm -hmm. that they don't make that like readily apparent so like that also like has a tendency to like sometimes break quests or break completion in a playthrough uh so but overall like i think that if they patch those things out i think that at its core valhalla is a very fun game um is he if, also connected to that same thing huh was Odyssey also connected to that Ubisoft Connect thing? You no, know, I'm not sure, but I think that... I like, wonder if so. I, well, I, I don't... I feel like we didn't really just be... I didn't really start paying attention to it until Legion, um, because... Um, 
So there's this trophy in Legion to um, you have these like like paste up uh, graffiti locations that you can do, and like one of the trophies is doing all of those on the map. And so Kaylee had done all of them in her first playthrough, and then the trophy didn't pop. And so she was just like, okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start a new playthrough, and there's and I'm just like I'm just gonna all I'm gonna do is go in and just do those and get the trophy, and then I'll be done, right? She started a new playthrough, and then she kept going. She went to every location, and they like the pace ups that she did and her other save were already there. And it was just like the, it's it's, just, it's bizarre, but um, and from what I understand, like they're tr like um, what they're trying to integrate with that stuff is like cross save compatibility. So like you got yeah you got your save on PS4, you can move it over to PS5, um, but uh, at right now, I feel like. I would like to stop signing into UB Connect with Ubisoft games, and also I probably won't be buying Ubisoft games when they launch because I kind of it's I'm just kind of over like dealing with the frustration of their like of the bugs yeah. that, come, that the games come out with. Um, but other than that, I've um, I have gotten I've since gotten back into Mortal Kombat 11. Um, How's that going? Are you kicking ass? Uh, it's going pretty good, uh, and I'm a little I'm a little upset though because one of the things is that since Mortal Kombat 10, they've been putting a lot of movie characters in the game, and I I'm kind of I've been frustrated about that because I just wish that like they would just put more Mortal Kombat characters in the game because there's characters from the last game that I wish were there but they're not because RoboCop is there because Terminator is there. And um, I never thought that you'd be complaining about RoboCop and Terminator being in your fighting games. So I don't want RoboCop to be there. That's number one. I was okay with Terminator, but I was also I was okay with Terminator when I thought he was going to be the only movie character that was in the game. Um, but but th then they put the Joker in the game, which it's it is okay. What it is. Uh, and then they put Spawn in the game. For those of you who remember Spawn. Uh, yeah, Spawn's cool. And uh, more, most recently, so they released a, re a new combat pack, which includes uh, previous Mortal Kombat characters, Molina and Rain, and also... Wait, Molina wasn't in the game? Yeah, not at launch. She, uh, yeah, but she just, she just, she just uh, came to the game. But now, so we have Molina, Rain, and now <laughs> a one John Rambo is in the game. Uh and who cool. is all, which is he's also voiced by a one Sylvester Stallone. Um, that actually is cool. <laughs> so like I was on my high horse about Rambo being in the game because I was like, you guys don't understand the roster's too big already, and they're putting all these fucking movie characters in the game, and it sucks. And then I go into uh, I was looking up all I was looking at Rambo's uh, like his frame data and everything, and his move list, and like look looking at some videos, and I was like, I don't know, Rambo's looking kind of decent. And then I actually, I actually tried Rambo, and then I played a few matches against other players who played as Rambo, and I was like, "God damn it, Rambo's good." And so, like now, I like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm upset about that because I no longer feel justified. But, also... <laughs> I, but I like because I no longer feel justified in being pissed off that he's in the game, because uh, he's actually like really good. He's actually better than one of the other, one of the actual Mortal Kombat characters that showed up this season. So, uh, well. I don't think that's. I don't know if that's technically true because I don't know enough about uh, about the character I'm thinking of to say that. But yeah, but um, seems eh. better to you. 
are better for you. Yeah, and then I've also been dabbling in a little bit of that uh, that Genshin Impact. Do you, you know what that is? Not familiar. So I mean, I've I've seen, I've seen the name. I just like I'm not familiar with the game. So uh, okay, imagine if you will, Shanae. Okay. Okay. Imagine Breath of the Wild. All right. Yeah, I can imagine that. Okay. Played it. Now imagine if Breath of the Wild were mm-hmm. a free to play gotcha mm-hmm. game. Much to the uh, much to like like a like your like your Fire Emblem mobile game, as it were. Okay. Or your Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, as it were. Okay. Uh, so basically, the whole setup of the game is it's an open world game that has a lot of the kind of it has like the general feel and a little bit of the kind of the uh, uh, aesthetic of Breath of the Wild, but like with different like kinds of characters. Uh, it has like the it has like literally has like the same kind of climbing that you would find in Breath of the Wild. Like you can climb basically anything. Um, but it's basically the the setup is like you're this character who is trying to save this world whose name I forget right now. And um, as you go throughout the game, you can get party members. And so instead of the party members all being out at once, you switch to them using the D-pad. And they're each mapped to a different direction on the D-pad. So you push the D-pad in one direction, and that character pops out, and you play as them until you switch to another character. Got you. Uh, so the gotcha mechanic comes in in that you can buy uh, boxes that contain party members, and they have like a star rating system. And the highest have like a 0.2% chance or some shit of dropping. Uh, yeah, it kind of sounds more like a... Like the Kingdom Hearts game meets uh, Fire Emblem, so yeah, I got it. Yeah, and so it's but it you know it's fun. It's a it's a fun little game. I've I haven't put a whole lot of time into it, but uh, you know the combat is fun. Uh, the, like the spells and shit are, are like really fun to use, and it's just it's an easy game to like kind of just chill out with. Um, I haven't put any money into it at this point, but. Uh, it is it is a fun game and you know and I'll see where it goes. Uh, I know that it has some kind of online co-op, so you and one other person can bring your characters into a game together and do whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty neat. It's free, so I figured I'd try it, and so far I like it. So nice, free is the best price. Yeah, uh, let's see how free it stays. But yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, what, uh, what about you, Shanae? So I have been playing still a lot of Divinity. Yeah. My game that I've been doing by myself is about the same level, maybe a little bit further than I am with Birdo. And I'm trying to like not play it. Um, my parents bought a joint Christmas present for each other cool. uh, early. And they bought a Switch. Cool. That they have to share and take turns with. <laughs> Yes, they yeah. do, except for Mario Kart, which yeah, they got. Um, sure. And I think I'm gonna buy them an early Christmas present and get them a Pro controller for my dad, because because he's a pro. He likes playing it, but his hands hurt like with that tiny thing. Yeah, it's just like it's not ideal at all to use those little little <laughs> things. And I don't have like I don't have huge hands, but after a while they start to cramp up when using those little uh, Joy Cons. Yeah, and he has like. The stereotypical like dad hands that are sure. all like gnarled and like daddy's hands. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds so gross. <laughs> I don't like that. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, big dad hands. Big strong dad hands. 
<laughs> uh, so uh, I'm going to get them that in the next couple days and probably drop it off on Wednesday. And uh, that are just like, like, get it delivered. Sure. But um, so I've been playing Mario Kart. I also spent a lot of time helping them set up their Nintendo account and all that through Google Duo, uh, which was mind numbing. What the like, hell is Google Nintendo, Duo? Uh, it's like FaceTime. I see. Yeah, so like I was like video chatting with them, trying to help them uh, with set up everything, like like figure out how to like break the controllers apart and stuff. The worst. And like I knew, and I was annoyed setting up my Switch. I was annoyed setting up my 3DS. Yeah. It, it's not like they're not intuitive processes. They sure. are very much like go to this website, come back sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah, I don't. I I, I know the, all the complaints about the Nintendo Online, but that. But it is super annoying setting up services on their console, much more than like PS4 and Xbox. Yeah, get rid of friend codes. That's my that's my ask of Nintendo, is do away with friend <sighs> codes. Let me have a simple online handle that I use and give to people, and they just type that in and not have to remember a code. I could just say the name, yeah, and then you can remember that instead of having to write down my friend code. But I digress. I mean, it's a little bit easier if you get the Nintendo Online app. Like mm-hmm. the same with like, same with like, uh, in-game chat, like for like, uh, like Animal Crossing, and I, I think it's like connected to some other ones too. But I don't want to have to go between my phone and my Switch to like easily communicate with people. Sure, you shouldn't have to do that. And like, it's really fucking annoying, Nintendo. Like, it's really annoying. Yeah. Like, my parent, my parent, well, my mom specifically is not good with this. Mm-hmm. The amount of times I had to just ask her, I'm like, is it telling you to go to the website or is it saying to do it on the console? Like, what is it saying to do? Uh, was super frustrating. And I just feel so bad for all of their, like, call center members. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh... Uh, but yeah, so, but yeah, I bought Mario Kart for my Switch because um, before I just played with my sisters. So I've been playing Mario Kart with my family because my sister and nephew also have a Switch. Yeah. And then, um,. Uh, and then I'm playing another game that we'll talk about later. And mm-hmm. what have I been playing? It's been two, two weeks. I know I've played other stuff. Uh, a little bit more Fall Guys. How are you? How are you? Do, how are you doing with that Fall Guys? How are you? How you? Oh, meet, how many good. crowns have you? Uh, have you acquired? Zero. I also zero. have zero I have crowns. N- I am so bad at it. Like it's the because on PC, I don't know. If, I'm assuming that's what you play it on, but I play it. On, on PC and like the dive and uh, grab button are like left click and right click, and I always like get nervous and then click the wrong one, or click it too early and it's super annoying. I'm gonna probably like next time I play it like do some key bindings and do it to like actual keys. Yeah, I and wish then... that you could punch in that game. Oh, I would love that. I would love you. Like you can grab the guys. But it doesn't really do much because, like, it it keeps – you guys are both, like, if you're grabbing someone, then you're both just set there, right? So you don't really move forward or you don't, you're don't you not putting or, yourself at an advantage, I should say. So I want it to also, like, or if you, like, do, like, the grab back, it, like, stops it. Yeah, or something. But I want to be able to counter punch. it. So. I mean, if you're going to, like, let the grabs keep going, yeah. then, like, yeah, I want to punch. But, like, just take the – neutralize the grabs. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know why I assumed that game would have a punch when I watched the when I watched that initial trailer. Uh, I think it's because like everyone grabs, so like, you just see the hands moving. Also, they their hands look like punching gloves. So I mean, kind of. They they are like oddly jelly bean shaped things. Yeah. And then uh, played a little more Call of X Malice, and uh, decided I hated myself and um, started reading the Silmarillion. The what? It's the uh, Silmarillion is the uh, Tolkien book that's basically a textbook of uh, Middle Earth, mm. well, specifically the elves in Arda. I see. I see. And so it goes like from like the creation of everything into like other battles. So everything that I know about Middle Earth is condensed in the entirety of Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor. That's all I know. Expert. That's all I know. So. Uh, yeah, so I've been doing that. And then, um, yeah, I've been like pretty busy with some other things that I've been doing on my life. So I haven't, I haven't like, tried anything, I guess, like, necessarily new. I've just been replaying the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I've been we i don't know we we play these games and like the question is always like what are we going to platinum next uh <laughs> and um so we decided on you know we decided on valhalla and i i think where we're going after this is um is uh persona uh Ooh. so because i so i got the so i i would I, love that i got the original version and then but royal Twenty dollars, so I figure like I want to get that one. Yeah. So, um, and apparently Royal has fewer missable trophies than the original release. So, um, but something okay. something that Yakuza taught me is that I've been doing the batting cage mini game in Persona Five wrong the entire time, and so I'm excited at the first opportunity. I'm excited to get to the first opportunity that I have to use the batting cage in Persona 5 so I can actually do well at it. So I never did it. Uh, so it's weird because, like, and... I well, I did it, like, once. Yeah. But, like, but I... I don't know. I tried to min-max everything, and I wanted, every, like, everything, like, statted out, and I wanted to, like... Uh, so I, um... I know I normally did like was like looking for bonuses like of specific kinds or like multi-tiered ones yeah and i think like the batting cages only gives like helps you with one thing yeah so what i so what i was used to with baseball video games is you aim the cursor wherever the baseball is because you want to hit the ball and the ball will go where it where it will right but what and that's what i was doing in, in yakuza at first and then i realized you got to aim the cursor where you want the ball to go. And I wasn't doing that. And then once I did that, I started getting home runs in Yakuza. Okay? So I figure the same logic applies in Persona 5. And I'm looking forward to seeing if I'm correct. Also, Persona yes. 5 is very cool. And I'd like to get back it's to it. A, it's a sure. great game. And I, I, I honestly... Has Kaylee played it? Yeah, she, she, she's played it. Did you platinum Persona 5? Kaylee, did you platinum Persona Five? Mm -hmm. She she did. 
She didn't. Re- All right. Well, the question was like, I was like, well, you guys can like watch her have a new experience. Is where I was yeah. like leading well, to. <laughs> no, like she um she like I know. yeah she platinum it and I think um, and so what I was gonna say was like I I'm surprised that. I managed to avoid Persona 5 spoilers for so long. Like, I, I haven't heard anything past where I stopped. And that's that's amazing to me because that game has been out for over three years now. So I'm looking forward to actually going through it and, and, uh, and playing it. And also, I haven't really put time into a JRPG in, like, a really long time. Because like, I, I just... I haven't really played... I didn't... I guess I haven't really played them that much since I was younger. Like, when I was a teenager, like, I loved JRPGs. And then, like, as I got older, I kind of, like, I kind of, like, skewed more toward, like, Western open-world RPGs. But I like Persona 5 yeah. a lot. So I'm looking forward to getting back into it. Yeah. So, but I also kind of wanted to bring back up the Spider-Man Miles Morales game that you've been playing. Because yeah. it fits in pretty well with what I wanted to talk about for our topic today. Okay. Um, I think one of the first times that we did a show without Tommy, uh, we talked about this, but I kind of wanted to bring it up and see uh, where we're at with as far as like diversity when it comes to characters in video games. Yeah. And where it is now versus, I guess, like three years ago when we first talked about it. Yeah. Um... So the way that I feel about it at this point is that it has definitely gotten better. Um, But even still, I think we see a lot of that has been relegated to the indie game space because I think that they... And with indie games, they, they, they operate with more creative freedom, I think. And it, it becomes less about speaking to the market and uh, trying to get the largest market share and more about like telling the kind of story that they want to tell. Like naturally, selling the game is a concern, right? But there's a larger emphasis on like telling the kind of story that they want to tell. Um, and you'll see that a lot of these a lot of these diverse stories come from teams or people that occupy the group that is that is being represented. Um, just a few months ago or maybe like a month or so ago, I watched a friend of mine play a game, I believe it was called Raji. And it's a game based on on, uh, Indian mythology and folklore. And you play the game, in the game you play as an an Indian girl. Um, And like you, you engage with like the gods and goddesses that, the gods and goddesses that you that you'll often see or hear about when people talk about India, and um, and we see stories like that because people who occupy those spaces are making them. Like that was a that was a studio out of India who made that game, um, and then but then we see like then we go forward to like more like AAA titles like like Miles Morales, right? And I think Miles Morales is, I consider it to be the most important game I've ever played. And I'll tell you why I think that. I think Miles Morales is is the most important game that I've ever played because I think about how much good that game could have done for me back when I was a kid. Uh, When I was growing up, 
like the the superheroes that I saw and got to play as were like white dudes, you know. Uh, and I didn't, and I don't even remember uh, the games that I played where I was any uh, where I got to really play as a female superhero. Um, and I so I definitely don't remember any. I definitely didn't have any video games where I got to play as a black superhero. Like, and like, and even then, like if you did play a game with a like where you are like a black person. Like it was, it was like different genres, like and it was and like some of them I just some of these games like even when I like worked at GameStop I was just like this feels like I'm just reading tiles of black exploitation films like a lot of the stuff I'm just like oh this is this isn't like anyone's point of view this is a stereotype that you yeah. put into a game or they're used as like the character who is like the comic relief yeah or like the caring like father figure of the, the marine group yeah or something like that where it's just like that's i mean it's, at least you're seeing people of color but like is that story something anything new or is it an actual perspective so that's the thing too and is, i feel like i'm sorry go ahead yeah and i and like i love the miles morales uh like spider movie i have not played the game yet yeah but i've also read some of his comic books and as far as it goes like Berto absolutely adores him. Like, having a Mexican suit, like, Spider-Man, like, even if it's just, like, half, is so exciting for him. When Miles Morales got announced, he was stoked. And he's like, was a grown man. Yeah. Like, having, like, yeah, but definitely not, like, as, like, you weren't seeing it as a superhero. Yeah, so. Not till. <laughs> I think, I think for, uh, I, I think to, uh, to make sure that we're, you know, being copacetic about it here. Uh, I should we should clarify that Miles is of Afro Puerto Rican descent, but oh, not Mexican. You're right. Sorry, yeah. Hispanic. Uh, but I, like that's the thing too, right? Is that like I, I apologize. That's the thing. That's the thing too, though. Is that like Hispanic kids and black kids have a hero that they can look at and say, "Hey, that's yeah, that's me," right? And Again, I think about when I was a kid and I didn't have that. And I think that because I didn't have black heroes to look up to, like black superheroes to look up to, like that kind of caused a lot of shit for me as far as, you know, kind of reconciling like my blackness while living in society and places that are predominated by, you know, by white narratives. Um, And what I liked about Miles, what I appreciated about Miles Morales is that his his ethnicity is you engage with it while it is not being used as it's not exploitative right it's not it's not it's not used in a way that i feel is um uh like heavy-handed or ham-fisted i think that it's done very smartly and um because i think that like for as much as I talk about being black and the experience of blackness, I don't, I don't let it dominate every conversation that I have because I, yeah. I, I'm out there. There are parts of me that exist, you know, not in spite of that, but in concert with that. Right. And, but at the same time, Miles, the, the Spider-Man Miles Morales also does engage with the identity of being black and the the importance of black people filling these spaces and um and i want to talk about a specific moment and uh it's not a story moment 
but it is something that I saw in the game that has by now as I'm sure is blown up on the internet. But there's a point in the game where you come across a Black Lives Matter mural. And um, why that wasn't, it was impactful to me because Insomniac did not have to have that mural in there. Uh, it is not something that there's, the story would have been the same whether that mural was there or not. Uh, but it was important to me because it felt like it told me that there were there's a developer who actually would like to engage with that and it feel like it's important to feel like there are people on your side in that um and it was very powerful in that way um and but for every miles morales right there is another game where black people or people or really any people of color are represented like like really poorly because uh, I take, I look at like one of my prime examples with that is I look at Shadow, the Shadow Warrior games. Um, now I'm not going to be offended on behalf of Asian people, because that's not my place. What I will say is that I al- I will always find a white guy doing his be- what he feels is his best impersonation of an Asian person speaking English uh, to be distasteful, right? Uh, yeah, and people make the argument of, well, that's what those games have always been, so that's just what it is, and it's like, well, that's a shitty argument. Like if it's if it, <laughs> if it's, if it's sh- you keep you want to keep something shitty because it has always been shitty, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I do think that like, but in all fairness, I do think that Shadow Warrior is an isolate. Is I shouldn't have said for every Miles Morales there is a Shadow Warrior because it's not really the case, right? Um, I feel like there's more in general speaking. There's way more Shadow Warriors yeah. than there is Miles Morales's. Yeah, and I mean, and that maybe not all of them are as egregious as Shadow Warriors, um, which I don't. I've never played the game, so I can't speak upon it. Um, but uh, like one of the things that kind of was making me think of talking about this topic before you're talking about your like how important like Spider-Man was to you was I was, like, listening to podcasts on, like, Chinese folklore mm-hmm. and how it, like, differentiates between different regions, but, like, all these stories. And I'm just like, these are so fucking cool. Yeah. I would love to play this as a video game. And it's just, like, it pisses me off that we just, like, like, unless, like, that country of origin makes it or it feels like it can fit some other, like, narrative going somewhere else, like, we don't really see those stories and it's, and it sucks because there's so many good of them. And it kind of made me think of like, why do like the, so we look at AAA games like Red Dead Redemption. And I know like with the Grand Theft Auto series, obviously we've had people of color as like the main protagonist before, but like, I would be super down for a Red Dead Redemption game. Like where you see where you like the main character is played as like a person of color. Cause there's so many different ethnicities that have stories and history of that time and can also be badass and cool. Like the stories do exist out there where they're not just like victims of oppression, which they like, they are like, I'm not denying it, but I do think that like showing that and also like showing the strengths and like successes in video games would be super cool to see. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, it okay, does. It, was like... it does, but like, I want to. I want to go back to what you said about about Grand Theft Auto, though, because I, 
I was just I was having a conversation about this actually kind of recently in that um, I feel like a lot of the times when we do see uh, uh, a per, like a person of color as a protagonist, the context is that <laughs> they are a criminal. Uh, and granted, they are a criminal that you are supposed to empathize with because you are playing as them. So you get to see all their conflict or whatever. But at the end of the day, they are like you're still the you're still the main character in a Grand Theft Auto game it's for and that and I guess that is worth however much stock you put in Grand Theft Auto narratives. Um, but I, I just believe I know them. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I think about I think about a lot of the games that I see uh, uh, black men in, and I and there are games like Grand Theft Auto or Mafia 3. And don't get me wrong. I think Mafia 3 is a great game. Um largely because it involves letting me shoot racists in the face but um i'm still i'm still a criminal who is killing people like in mass and um and it kind of sucks right um and then you know i so we go so now with red dead redemption it's kind of uh we it's Red Dead Redemption did a few things right because um, they do engage with that, um, with kind of uh, they're not really engage with like the whole idea of people of color not being front and center, but they do engage with like giving the black characters in the game some kind of voice and they have and letting them show some kind of agency. While you don't get to play as them. Uh, they are they have nuance and depth uh i think i don't i don't know when i think kind of early in the game i think past where wherever you got before you stopped um arthur is walking like him and the him and this other gang member lenny i don't know if you were introduced to lenny lenny is uh but like they were they were on their way to do a job and lenny was talking to arthur about um about how <laughs> Lenny was talking to Arthur about what Arthur's experience is in occupying specific places and how it differs from Lenny's experience trying to occupy those same spaces. Um, and I did not get to that part. And so basically Arthur is saying like, well, I mean, you know, Civil War is over, slavery is over. Uh, so like, you know, what's going on? What, what's bad? What, 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 what are we doing? <laughs> Uh, then Lenny's like, like, but Lenny's like, well, yeah, slavery is over, but I mean, I'm still not treated fairly. And you, like, you walking into a room uh, isn't the same way I can walk into a room. I have to use a different door, or I can't go inside at all, right? Yeah. And um, to his credit, they do get Arthur to, like, Arthur doesn't take much convincing to see that side of it. He's like, man, that's fucked up. He's like, at, like at, at sucks, some, sucks like, that, that happens for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's and you know, and Arthur, Arthur is ready to acknowledge that fact, right? Um, and you have other characters, in the, like not just Lenny, but there's a there's another character who is half black, half Native American named Charles, um, and he Charles like they, they let us show they let us see Charles and and how he identifies as both a black man and as a Native American. And how he holds on to those things so tightly, and how they are, how they form like the core of his belief system, and how 
um, and how he like resents any slight on either. Um, and so it's great that we get to see those characters, right? But we don't get to play as them. And no, we... and that's and the main reason I threw out the Grand Theft Auto is just because it's also Rockstar. But yeah. I do wish. I mean, hearing stuff like that makes me wish that I had played more Red Dead Redemption, but I hated it. So <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's definitely. Well, I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. I it's didn't just have fun. it's one of those things where. Uh, it's one of those things where like. You probably, like, I feel like the story is good enough to carry it all the way through. I think it's a great story. Um, but I just, I, I don't. I couldn't even get on a horse and, yeah, like, and fight. I, like, so I could... <laughs> I, that's the thing, too, is I think that, like, that game strives for realism so much that it kind of keeps a lot of people from being able to engage with the story because they just can't get very far. But that's besides the point. Um, but for, like. But, I th- yeah, as far as, as I'm glad to hear that that happens, even if it's not a playable character. Yeah. But it kind of also goes back to, like, where I was talking about before, like, seeing, like, all the PS2 games. Yeah. None of them that had, I mean, none that I could think of off the top of my head that had, like, the main character as, like, a person of color, it not be some sort of, like, Def Jam game or, uh, like Yakuza, like it was, it all just like, is like, yeah, but like you could have this other story with these other people. You can, like, if there's been a billion, like, World War II games. Yeah. Like, yeah. why aren't, like, why aren't, like, we talking about, like, I can't think of a single, like, World War II game where there's, like, Asian Americans who are in the military and having, like, maybe, like, and having to, like, deal with this. Like, why not have their, their issues as well in there when, like, the Japanese internment camps and stuff were happening with, like, World War One, like I don't know, like have like more depth to it and a different perspective. If you're going to do the same story and it doesn't ever yeah. happen, so like that's a th- that's a, that's see, this is how fucked up re- uh, re- representation is in video games. This is how fucked up it is. <laughs> back when Battlefield One, uh, back when Battlefield One was announced, they showed a black they showed a black soldier on the cover, and people were just so fucking pissed. They were so pissed about that. It was like there was no fucking no black pe- there was no black people in World War One, and like what they didn't realize is that there's a very well known company called that went by the name the Harlem Hellfighters, who won a lot of battles in World War One, and it was it was an all black company, right? But look at all the war stories that we've that we've played through and and, and watched in movies and how many of those are centered on black people, or how many of those have black people in them at all, right? Like, name the black character in Saving Private Ryan. Never saw that movie, so can't. You know, and, <laughs> like, it's just, it's insane to me because, like, we, like, not just black people, but people of color, we mm-hmm. are, we are, we we take part in so many different things and so many different and so, and we are instrumental in so many important it's, times in history. It's erasure. And they just, and so representation has been so fucked up because I think a lot of, a lot of what people know about war, unless they are like, unless they are scholars who study history, a lot of what people, what the average person knows about war, they get from movies, they get from video games. And, and tech and textbooks in school, right? Which is a whole talk- other fucked up conversation. But 
but but it's but it's but it still like goes into it as the fact is like across a wide spectrum yeah they hear a very white history and see a very white narrative and it's a white male one and it's and like video games and other pop culture too and like for sure like video games are getting better i do see more people that i like hey like i'm I'm excited this is that kind of person like and i or like it's a new story or a new perspective but and i i think that I do think that developers, um, I do think feel feel like I feel like developers and publishers, um, and their shareholders. I do think that they carry a significant portion of the responsibility of seeing these things happen, of seeing like these stories being told, giving them money. But the the thing about it is that I can't. I I don't have empirical numbers to back this up because. I, I just don't. But you see the whenever a, a developer shows a story that centers around a person of color or a woman or a trans person or a gay person or a non-binary person, the knee-jerk reaction is, why are they shoving this shit into my video games? I don't need to see this shit in my video games. Having a gay person in your video game doesn't make it more interesting. Having a woman in your video game doesn't make it more interesting. Whatever. That's and and they just and that keeps getting rattled off over and over again. And what they don't understand is that people of color, women, gay people, trans people, non-binary people, every per- people these people deserve to be in video games and be and have their stories told because these people exist. And the world isn't populated solely by heterosexual, cisgendered white men. It's not. But these are the stories that we see. And these are the only stories that are being told. And then so we, you know, going back to Assassin's Creed, we look at, uh, we look at Assassin's Creed, right? And yes, we got, some, we, got a, we got a story in Egypt, which was great. And we got, a, but, and we have some... Oh, where you, could, where you couldn't avoid that they wouldn't be white. <laughs> yeah. That's why you want to live there. <laughs> yeah, and so we had we have some stories in this, in the Assassin's Creed canon where people of color were front and center, and that is great. Like even the the first assassin was Syrian, which is which is awesome. But the fact of the matter is, this is I I honestly believe that uh, the reason Freedom Cry from Assassin's Creed Black Flag, the reason that you only you only get to play as that black assassin for 10 hours is because otherwise there would have been a fucking riot and they wouldn't have fu- and nobody would have bought the game and that's fucked up and i feel comfortable saying nobody that. would have bought the i don't think nobody would have bought the game i do think that there would have been a lot more press about it i feel like there was like I would like to believe that a lot of these things that we see on social media are a vocal minority compared to all the people who buy the game. But that vocal minority can be real fucking vocal. Yeah. And then, like, it's fucked up because you... you, And it... Because these these are developers who are made up of... Like, these developers aren't made up of white, of, of solely white people, right? There are people... They can't be. There are people of all ethnicities of all genders, of all sexual orientations working at these places. So but are they writing the story for the games? And that's that's part of the problem, right? Because they're not 
because while they while you might have these people who are making the game, they're not necessarily the ones who are who are controlling the narrative direction of the game. And so, but even being a developer, you you make this game that has let's say you are a developer who works at one of these larger studios, right? You make a game that has a uh, that has a gay person in it, right? The main character is a gay person. And then you, you go online to see how people are, are, are receiving the news of your game, and you just see like you just see hate comment after hate comment after hate comment. Now that might be that might sound small to someone who doesn't occupy that group and doesn't actually have to deal with hearing things like that. But it's harmful to the people who do occupy those groups and who do have to deal with hearing things like that. So vocal minority sounds small, but to these people who are actually affected by the words that are being said. It's a big fucking deal. And so the problem with representation in video games is not that these stories can't be told. It's that they're just not being told. And they're not being told because we, as a customer base, are trying to, pro are trying to project the image that we don't want these stories. And I asked, I asked a group of people uh, a few weeks ago, I was like, I want to play a video game that stars a black woman as the protagonist. Do you have any recommendations for me? I have this one game in my collection that features, uh, which is Dandera. I have one video game in my collection that features a black woman as the primary protagonist. Can you guys recommend any more to me? I got over 200 responses to that question. Uh... Most of them were responses that included games where you don't play as a black woman, but the game has a black woman in it, and so therefore qualifies. I was recommended Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, because one of, one of uh, BJ Blazkowicz's friends in that game is a black woman. And it's like, glad, I'm like, I'm glad she's there, but that doesn't meet the criteria. Like, I'm not I playing as her. I don't get to play it's as that person. She's not the main person. character. She's not the main character. She's, she's at best, she's a main character sidekick, which that's not what I wanted. And so the issue is that it was so hard to find recommendations that fill that criteria. And why is that? Black women certainly exist. Black, yeah. women, black women can certainly fill the roles that straight white men have been filling and video games since and they have been in real life like and in, like and it, they can be and they can easily in video games and that's what gets me right because they're doing it in real life right so they're what is unrealistic about them doing it in a video game what is so implausible about it happening in a video game so while representation in video games has certainly come a long way like i cannot yeah. imagine a game like death loop coming out 20 years ago right I can't imagine that because I just I can't imagine I can imagine Deathloop coming out 20 years ago. What I can't imagine is Deathloop having two black main characters. I can't imagine that, right? Um and there's a reason for that. It is because black people don't occupy aren't seen to as occupying these spaces the way that white people are. And then we go we move on to you know other other people of color being represented 
and their video games and the most of what we see is out of indie studios and the reason i think that is is because you know again like i said they have they seem to have more operate with more creative freedom they don't have to answer to stockholders or like shareholders uh you know um but these stories should be told because i how how are people not tired of playing as white as white dudes by now how right like I looked at I looked at Star Wars Jedi like was it Je- Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and it's like, look at all the kinds of people that are in Star Wars. There's there's black people, there's Asian people, there's Hispanic people, there's fucking blue people, there's all sorts of aliens, right? There's like there's like spider esque people that got like the pincher faces. Yeah, you've got your Twilight. Uh, with mean, like with all those different kinds of people. Why am I still playing as a white guy? Right? And that's not a slight on the quality of the game. I'm sure it's a fine game. But the question... I mean, like, I'm still going to play it because I love Star Wars. But, but it's not because I, I, I give a shit about who the main character is. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And, like, and, so, and that's another thing, too, is that you so often hear the phrase, nobody's playing this game for the story. Right? But, and why that... is that? And not much the story's so- boring. I mean, the main character is boring because they, because a lot of the writers are trying to put it, in, or people who make it as a, as you are that person. This is the avatar of you, so you can imagine right. it and connect with it more. Right. But if that avatar isn't you, or doesn't look like you, or anything that you can relate to, its experiences aren't what you can relate to. Exactly. Then that avatar is just another story character. So it's- if you're gonna be a, like a a character that I can't relate to, you better be fucking interesting. Yeah, and so, like, if a, <laughs> I think that if a character in a video game is worth creating, it's worth it to make me care about them. And not every Star Wars fan is white. Not every Star Wars fan is a man. You know, not every Star Wars fan fits into this, it fits into the slots that are often occupied by Star Wars protagonists. Or any or most video game protagonists, right? And yeah. And I think that the reason the the reason I cannot seem to figure out why we have such a huge problem with representation is because it goes back to like I said, all these groups of people exist. Trans people exist, gay people exist, bisexual exist, bisexuals exist, people of all genders exist, and yet we are only seeing like the smallest the smallest slice of what, of, of the smallest slice of what makes up humanity. And it's because for as long as visual entertainment has existed, the white, straight, square-jawed male has been, is the most marketable character that you can bring to audiences. And that's just, that speaks volumes, volumes of how, the, how the gaming community sees people of color, women, gay people, um, and how society, and how, <laughs> not and how, non-binary, and how and how society at large sees sees all of these groups of people. And I guess or or doesn't see them would probably be more accurate, right? And like so when we, like because I think because I think about like with like. I, we've talked about it before, like, HBO is doing stuff right. Like, yeah. how many people didn't know about Juneteenth until, like, what, Watchmen had it in there? How many people didn't know yeah. about, 
what's it? it was Watchmen and then um, the other really good one that we talked about that I watched. So, I love her country. So like, yeah, it's like like but like people don't know about it unless you put it in media. Yeah, and so few people knew about Juneteenth that Donald Trump said he invented it and people fucking believed him. So curious. You know, uh, and that's and and so HBO. So and I agree. HBO has been doing a really good job of putting, of putting not uh, non-white stories front and center, and been doing a really good job of it. What I can't, I guess, I can't wrap my mind around what is the problem with because people seem to love that fucking Lovecraft country, right? And what I can't wrap my mind around is why we cannot see an equal response for stories centered around non-white people and video games. And I think that now as far as now as far as um, putting a gay character in a video game, I think that the big problem that a lot of you know a lot of very insecure men are going to have is that playing as a gay man somehow by proxy makes you gay. And, less masculine somehow. And, 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 and therefore, less masculine somehow. Um, playing as... Playing as... And I think that the pro- a big problem with... Uh, with... With uh, the way non-white people are perceived is that it's one of two ways. It's either as a fetish or as something wholly unattractive. There are no... There is no gradients. So it just sucks. I say gradients, but I would say that there's like all there's like there's other categories that they see, but it's all very much a stereotype or a yeah. fetish, I would say, in that I see on there as far as when it comes to people of color. It's there's no like unless it is a group of people that unless it is like from a group of people that like that's their experience, like we're not seeing any of the of like their actual narrative of who they are. Yeah, and um, and I want to see that. You know, I I want to be able to feel like I can't. I'm 35 years old at this point, and I have I've been playing video games for as long as I can remember, and I have never once, not once until now, felt the way that I felt while playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine what it feels like at this, at this point to have to keep waiting for that. And there are so many people who are going to continue to not have their stories told. And it's going to be that way for a very long time. And what I don't think people understand is how important these stories are and how powerful they can be and how helpful they can be. Cuz like I said, if I had my if I had Spider-Man Miles Morales when I was a child, I feel like I would have grown up more confident. I feel like I would have seen myself in such in a much better light. But entertainment and society at large has had me growing up feeling it had me growing up feeling like I was less than, had me growing up feeling like I was unattractive because I didn't match those standards because I didn't see myself on TV. I didn't see myself in video games. I didn't see myself in the movies that I watched. So to have something like that and to have 
a child be able to pick up Spider-Man Miles Morales and play that game and see him or herself in that game and feel the way that I felt a week ago when I played it, I think that would do wonders for them. And if we expound that to a larger array of people, to all types of people, and have their stories being told, and have their experiences validated and shown to the world, I think that it would help so many people who are dealing with issues of self-loathing, who are dealing with depression because of not being able, knowing that people don't accept them for who they are and not having themselves validated. Because let's face it, a lot of us do find validation in the stories that we consume. And if we never see ourselves in those stories, then we start to feel like we don't exist and therefore don't matter. And so we need to start doing we need to start doing better about supporting these stories and being more vocal about the things that we want to see. And I do think that people will say, vote with your wallet if that's what you want to see. That is not a, that is not a philosophy I ascribe to because I don't believe that it is possible for people to apply that on a large enough scale for it to make a meaningful difference. But I do think that we companies. should be, we do we should be very vocal when we engage with companies. I don't, I'm not under any delusion that any corporation gives a shit about me or what I think. But what I, what I do believe is that if they hear enough people tell them these are the stories that we want to see, these are the people that we want to be able to play as, then maybe we'll start to see some sort of change. But for right now, I am happy to take these small moments where I can get them and hopefully see more of them as I get older and more of them as I see other people growing up playing video games. So that's just really my take on representation in video games. It's gotten better, but it's still got a really, 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 really long way to go. Um, and we'll see. I want to see more women at front and center. I want to see more people who, more people who aren't recognized often front and center. I want to see new narratives. Yeah. I'm tired of the same fucking story. Like, I want to see new perspectives. Yeah. Every time I find out, like, a piece of history that, like, uh, that I didn't know about when it comes, like, I've been recently also watching a lot, like, Chinese folklore and Latin American history. Yeah. And I was like, why the fuck was I never taught this? Why did I never know this? Yeah. And, and I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the benefit of keeping that from you could have been. Whose manager do I need to speak to about who's been keeping the information from me of cool ass stories? <laughs> yeah, and like that's the thing too, is like when I watched my friend play through Raji, I was like, holy shit, I had no idea that Indian folklore was this badass. Because. Dude. I had no idea. There's so many angry gods and like all the stories I've read. I'm like, this is fucking. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and that's. And, and it sucks because like. Those kind of games, they they don't tend to sell very well or make a lot of waves. So you don't hear about them unless somebody you know happens to find it or you get some kind of recommendation from somebody. Um, I'd love to see like, um, like a Dragon's Dogma game, but like Chinese dragons yeah. and Chinese folklore. Like, like same time frame, guys. Yeah, I think I think that what we what we need more of is video games where if you occupy a certain space, you should be able to have that narrative. Because one of the things I, I hear a lot 
is, well, Ryan, if you wanted a video game starring a black woman, play a game with character creation in it. Which is, people don't understand how shitty of an answer that is. Because I want to be able to play a game without having to insert that person into the narrative myself. But when you play those games of character creation, very, very rarely does that character's experience matter at all in the game. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, like, so Fallout, for example, uh, like the newest Fallout, like when you pick your character and like, that's what your baby looks like and like all that stuff, like that, it doesn't matter what your character looks like. And that's not how society in the world works. Yeah. That's not the narrative of an actual person of like color versus that. Like it's, it's It's a shitty answer because it's, because it's not real. It's very superficial. Like you don't get to choose what you look like. like. Uh, and uh, it's what's what's fucked up too is that uh, I remember Kaylee was telling me about um, about Baldur's Gate three and how they pulled the data from the kind of uh, about the kind of characters that people were creating, and the developer was like, "We gave you all the tools to make these fantastical creatures, like all these different fantasy races. You could have made an orc, you could have made an elf, you could have made like a demon, but all of you just made generic white dudes." And it just and like and it bo- it's mind blowing to me. It's the default. It's just mind blowing to me. It shouldn't be, but yeah. No, yeah. Um, and like, and it's what's, you know, I think that even like even especially even with games like Mass Effect, right? Like, like sure, everybody likes everybody likes Femship, but like. That's because the voice actor. That's but, not because but like, friendship is more interesting. But that's the thing, too, is that, like, the game doesn't even know that you're a woman or a man. The game has no idea. Nothing changes in the game, whether you're, whether you're male shepherd or female shepherd. Nothing changes, right? So even, even that choice is just so superficial that it honestly and, doesn't matter. And, beca- and because, like, you know... If you're fem shep sleeping with a girl, it's girl on girl action. But if yeah. you're boy shep with a boy, that's gay. That's not okay. That's if you're if you're boy shep with a boy, that's fucked up. <laughs> and, no, I'm joking. But like, but that's the that's how they yeah. see it, right? You know, that's in yeah. like and like and okay. So I like enough people had a problem with Ellie and The Last of Us being a lesbian, right? Uh, because because we're shoving that shit down their throats. That's what they say. I mean, enough people, yeah, enough people were vocal about it that everybody saw it on some <laughs> platform. Now, imagine if Ellie was instead Elliot and he was a gay man. And how angry people would have been about that. And it doesn't make any I sense. I don't even know. I also don't even know if, like, if Ellie was Elliot in the first game, if people would have felt as much of a connection to it. Yeah. Because. Quite often, father-son relationships in media, especially video games, are seen much different than, like, father-daughter. Yeah. Which is also just, like, another level of, like, misogyny there because, yeah. like, one of them needs a protector. Yeah. Versus, uh, like, one of them's, like, raising them to be strong. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, it's... And that, and which is... It's... I think, you know, I think that, like... And that's the thing, too, is that, like... Um, you think... I, talk, I think about God of War and how, like... You know, there's just like meme after meme after meme after meme of Kratos saying boy to his son, which is whatever. But like, I mean, it is a problematic word. I do like I 
in like any general context. But I will say also just like it was funny hearing him say it, but it would have been funny if he just said son, son. Because <laughs> I also laugh at the Jason thing in uh, what was that? Uh, uh, heavy rain. Yeah. Jason. <laughs> anytime someone, anytime a character yells a name or something over and over again, love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 I wonder what God of War would have been like if Atreus were a girl. I wonder what God of War as a series would have been like if Kratos were a woman. Um, and if that game would have performed the same way, if it would have had the same reception, if people would have had that same affinity for Kratos had those things been different. Um, I, I thought it would probably be like the people saying that you're shoving like women down our throats and like, why, like this is a strong character. Why would it be a woman? Yeah. Um, so it's probably marketing just because as far as like body frames go, uh, masculine bodies, mm. like biologically, like, they're normally bigger, stronger. It doesn't take them as much to get stronger. It doesn't take much for a guy who doesn't work out to be much stronger than a girl who does regularly. Like it's right. just, there are those things that are different. So I do, I do get in some aspects where it's like, oh, where it makes sense. Granted, Kratos got like the strength of a god. So this is and this is mythology, and women can just be imbued with super yeah. strength. To be fair. But I do think that there is also something to be said about the aspect of the male body, like for a long time, being more like seen as more powerful, yeah. not saying that it's right. But I think as Kratos, like it would turn off a lot of people who aren't even like that misogynistic, but maybe just have those like preconceptions as far as like what does power means, even if they're not consciously acknowledging it it doesn't look like it's powerful or cool of a game because it's a more feminine body there well i do think that because of the society that we come up in i think that we do like all of us have some sort of misogynistic ideology like ingrained in us at some point and it's at some point it becomes on us to kind of unlearn that stuff and you know not be shitty about uh about you know you know, different genders occupying different spaces. Um, but I also think that, uh, I think that these are, we, we live in a time where, you know, video games can be literally anything that anybody wants. And I think that we have, we have more than enough uh, technology necessary to make it so that Kratos could have been a woman or anything else because like why fucking not it's a it's a fucking video game and it can be Mr. Meeksies it doesn't yeah, matter yeah <laughs> I mean you know because at the because because in the background it's just everything that makes him who he is as far as the things that he can do it's all just fucking code so just program just program you know you know program the character to do whatever you want I just think that if we keep falling back on uh, if we keep falling back on this character is a man because this, then we lose sight of. Oh, but I'm saying like as far as sales go, people who like see that, like yeah, for sure, yeah, like may have those things, and like it, it goes back to what you're saying before, is people aren't seeing it, they don't see it, and yeah. it's it's not what people's like expectations are yeah and i was so people get a bit angry i was looking at a conversation about the game control 
And like someone literally, I remember someone said, uh, the conversation started with someone saying that uh, Jesse being a woman doesn't make the story more interesting. So why did Jesse have to be a woman? What are you doing? Or like, like you, you like not. What are you why doing? not? If it doesn't make it more interesting or like less it wasn't, interesting, it wasn't, then why not? It wasn't the. It wasn't. What are you doing? I. I think I, I was. I. I think I misquoted. But like he was just basically like. The story of control isn't made more interesting by Jesse being a woman. There are some all these other problems with the game, and her being a woman won't save the game. And my whole thing is like Jesse is a woman because she's a woman. There, that's it, right? Like women exist, so Jesse is a woman because she's a woman. There's no, there doesn't have to be a motive behind her being a woman or her looking the way that she does. It's just she's a woman because that she's a woman and women exist. And I think that if if, and that's a, that's a problem. And that's and see that's the thing with games like that, not like that, but like game where uh, that's a problem with the way people see games that have women as the lead character is the focus go, moves from the story of the game and everything that the game is about to the fact to fixating on the fact that that there's a woman in the game. So if the game sucks, it's her fucking fault. But. Uh, but like if you're saying if you're saying Jesse being a woman doesn't make the story more interesting, then you're not paying attention to all the other weird fucking shit going on in that video game where uh, where chairs are flying all over the room and there are safes that teleport you to another location and, and shit like that. And so like when you, when people say shit like that, it's almost like they're not they're not paying attention to any other aspect of the story except for or any other aspect of the video game except for that part that they don't like and the part that they feel is being be forced on them. And the thing and, always, and it comes and they're it, like, oh well, like I don't like this aspect because everybody people do. Like, look, there's it, a whole fuck ton of reason like reasons people like yeah. bitch or dislike or give like hate or vocal about like why they don't why they don't like these like. Uh, like gender or sexual orientation cho- choices, and the and or like, the, and regardless of what the context is, regardless of if we're talking about a man, woman, some sexual orientation, whatever, if you're using the term "shoved it down my throat," that means you had a problem with that group of people already, and you're hiding it behind what you believe to be objective criticism, which it was not. So when you say you're shoving women down my, you're shoving a, a female protagonist down my throat, it's like, well, that's just. That's you just having a problem with women, and this is how you're kind of telling on yourself. And, Wait, no one's forcing you to play this game. Yeah. And no one's no one's forcing you to be like to look at any articles or read anything about it yeah. or to go onto any of the social media and see it. Like you don't have to. Yeah. So, um, and I think that, and I feel like developers have been better about being upfront about the kind of characters they're putting in the game, the kind of protagonists that they're putting in the game. Um, and that's great, you know. And I think that um, I think being you know being candid about that sort of thing, and uh, you know being open about the kind of representation you want to get across is really is is really really awesome. Um, I'm just I'm looking at this I'm looking at this new generation of consoles because that's kind of how I measure timelines where as far as video games are concerned. Because it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to track it. The with... age of PS Five. <laughs> well, it's kind of it's just like if we were just like if we were just looking at computer games like in a vacuum, it's just kind of hard to like gauge that passage because like com- like computer shit like uh, iterates I mean, so rapidly. You uh, also can't just like oh yeah that's a Windows Seven game yeah. versus a Windows Ten game. like it's, you can't like it doesn't really fit like that. You're right. Yeah, but like um, I'm, I'm look when I but I'm looking every time I a new generation 
uh, comes around, um, I look at it and say, well, this is what I hope is hap- This is what I hope happens this generation. This is what I hope I see in this generation. And it's not always stuff about playing video games differently. It's 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 about what kind of things am I going to see in the game. What kind of stories am I going to hear being told in these games? Now that we have a near limitless uh, uh, resource to tell these stories and a near limitless uh, font to kind of draw upon to realize these stories, what kind of stories are we going to tell? And if we're using all this processing power to tell the story of another angry white guy bent on revenge, then what the fuck are we doing and why are video games? So, uh, um, it's pretty much how I feel about that. So basically, to bookend it, I will say, put more people of color mm-hmm. in your video games, put more white put more white people in the background for a change, and let people tell, let people tell stories that represent all of us instead of some of us. Um, and maybe video so games just, will get better. A, I'm also going to tack on there. Have your writers and your creative directors, uh, creative directors create better stories, tell different narratives. Let more women and people of color into the writing room, please. Yes. <laughs> uh, let, more, um, let more queer people in the, in the writing room so we can get more stories and stop having yeah. the same recycled shit and stop having to make our own head cannons so that we feel represented in the games that we play. Basically. Um... Yeah, so, yeah, I don't really have anything more to add, but I do want to bring in our new segment. Oh, yes, absolutely. I was looking forward to this. <laughs> so, uh, in, in absence of our, of, our, of our third musketeer, we have now decided that we're going to do Help Me, Tommy, One, Kenobi, You're Our Only Hope. <laughs> yep. But we're going to go through and play games that Tommy has said he really loves, yeah. likes, he's done and check it out. Yeah. And this week we've been playing Near Automata. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and- I I boot I booted up that game for the first time after like after our conversation. I booted up for the first time in like a year or so, and I immediately got into just like man, I forgot how fucking good this game looks. It's a good looking fucking game. <laughs> it's I'm on I honestly am surprised on it because I've never played it before. Yeah. And also, I kind of, sorry to rewind a little bit. Part of like also while we're doing this is because I want to see if playing all these games that Tommy loves will make me better at video games. They will not. Um, I mean, it's only week one, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Tom had recommended Near Automata to everybody, yeah. but me and him talked about it. He kept telling me like I would like it, and he was right. Yeah. I. So I saw him play it some. I saw a couple of videos, and it was always like that beginning first playthrough part right. where it goes through like all the transitions. And I thought that's how the entire game was. Yeah. I thought it was always that. And so when he said that there was all these multiple endings, I thought it was like where you died at, like in that thing, but I a see. different ending. I see. And so I never got that the playthroughs he's talking about isn't. It's playing through new stories right that when you play it's kind of like new game plus like they have different starting points yes yeah yeah it's but like it's but it's similar as in like oh it recognizes that i've played it before and it's doing something different yeah i never like and like the way he described it because i said he said that like some of them you had to do it like a specific way 
I didn't get, like, what he meant as far as story. I didn't know how J... J I mean, I knew Square Enix made it, but I didn't know how, like, RPG it was. Yeah. And I realized that... And so with this, I have definitely gotten a little bit better at Twin Stick Shooters. Okay. Because I kept replaying... Because I was like... Because I thought, because of how the game was, every time in that beginning part, I would do, like, badly or get hit. Yeah. I kept doing it because I didn't think there was, like, that much of the game. <laughs> talking about how short it was how short it was and i was like yeah. okay so it's only like what five hours uh, so i just kept redoing yeah. things and then also like going to all these other areas to try and expand my gameplay yeah uh not realizing that oh i'm gonna play it through a couple times yeah and i, I one of the things one of the things i think that i really think is cool about that game is the way that it melds multiple genres in the same game like you play that first. The perspective you... changes all the yeah. time, and I yeah, and it's disorienting and lovely. Yeah, and like, I love. You, you play that first section, you're like, wow, this is a really good shooter I'm playing right now, and then uh, and then you jump out of that ship after it crashes, and then you're now it's a character action hack and slash game, and it's just like it's but it's seamless almost, you know, and it's just it's it's really the, cool. the buttons are the same. Yeah, and. I still like, and it still has that twin stick shooter feel because of the pod. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So like, it took also like some tinkering and figuring out how I wanted the pod to be. And then I realized that I will like S nine and like the pod I can put. By the way, I didn't. I know there's like a new main character eventually. I did not get to that new one yet. Okay. I had some new stuff going. I had some stuff going on this week, but I'm I'm gonna continue playing it. But like. I got my S9 and the pod, and I didn't realize it could be, like, two different play styles, yeah. and then I was, like, and, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of, like, really fun things, and it is much more than I originally thought it was, one of those games where you can make it as hard or as easy as you want it to be, as far as, like, how much you get into it. Right. And, I mean, I knew that there's, like, level difficulty, but, yeah, like, it's, it's pretty great. Um, I decided that one of the things I'm going to do with these is see before the show if I can get past that part in The Last of Us. Because if I get past that part in The Last of Us, that means I'm getting better at video games because sure. I can get past that. I mean, that's a very different kind of video game. but uh... It is. <laughs> but I know Tom got past it. So if I play all the games that Tom likes, I eventually sure. will get past it. I guess that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a fair assessment. Uh, but like... Um, you know, it's it's funny because um, you know I've I've played the first hour of Near Automata multiple times in my life, uh, and I never really got to I never really got too deep into it. Um, but it's funny because that first that first section of the game it just it uh, it makes the same impression on me every time, which is that well this shit's about this shit is awesome. And then I was like, "Wow, it, it seems like this is about to, like, this is about to pop off," and uh, and it, it's just it's just cool. Pop out, and then that, that robot arm. Yeah. And so, then you're like you fight fucking rock'em sock'em robots, man. Yeah. Bridges and, that's, and the construction work. And what? And I was just like, in the black box, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, and like I think uh, what I what I enjoy a lot is um, with character action games, like for number one. Um, I haven't really actually been that into character action games in like a few years. I think the last one that I actually bought and played through was uh, was Ninja Theory's Devil May Cry game, and I haven't really played one yeah. since. 
Um, and so what, what I'm used to with these types of games is the protagonist being like very over the top and like very sort of like in your face, like not like, but you know, like, you know yeah. what I mean? And so like, a lot of yeah, you got a lot of attitude, but like what I like about 2B <laughs> is that she's like very even keeled all the time. And she Don't always, me, yeah, she always speaks at an even tone and like, um, you know, I just think I, I like that. I like that beginning part where like you crash your little fighter jet thing or whatever it is. And he was and like your pod is like, hey, there's a, there's a bunch of enemy units next uh, uh, right next to us. And she's like, I'm aware of that. And I just thought that was so because just, just, it's just so cool because she just says it like she just like she says it like almost like she's annoyed that it was mentioned. Like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I, I'm aware of that. Like an asshole. <laughs> and so I noticed all the things. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think she's a really cool uh, character, you know, and I and I like playing as her because I think that uh, one of the things like I like, I I I really 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 enjoyed the Ninja Theory Devil May Cry game, but the thing about Dante and all of his iterations is that at a certain point, he becomes too much for me. Like it's just like, all right. You're I, too much, sir. I, I, no, I'm no. just like, all right. Simmer down. I get it. Simmer down. You're a, you're a loudmouth bad boy. I get it. Let's just <laughs> chill out. Move on. Let's yeah. move on. So. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to do a little bit of spoiler here. Not too far. But I think the like solidified like me being like, fuck, Tom is right. I love this game. Yeah. And I want to play more of it. Is that beginning where you get into the, where it's like, well, on the first playthrough where it's, like, all the android valleys, and then there's all those, like, robots in the bottom, and they're, like, talking, and there's, like, ha they're miming sex. Like, a couple of them are yeah. miming sex. Yeah. And there's, like, the one with, like, a bassinet, and then they're all just, like, shuffling around, and they form in and give birth to that beautiful android man. Sure. And then you fight him, and he, like, grows stronger as you yeah. go. I was like, okay, fuck. Like, this is the thing I want to play. This is ridiculous. Like if, if there's fuck three, yeah. if there's three things that Shanae Howard enjoys, it's fucking robots and fighting. So, uh, but and you're yeah, not wrong. But you know, and also like that, just the the music in that game is like it's not oh, even nice. my kind of like it's not even what I would listen to normally. But like I'm just like wow, this fits so well, and it's just it's so it's like moving I mean, and and like. It's really, it's really good. Because I wasn't really following the storyline, and I was kind of going off exploring any place I could. Yeah. Um, I did start getting a little bit annoyed with the music, so I turned it down some. Uh, but I mean, the be but anytime I've done that, every time I do that, like something cool happens, and I know the background music like swells, and I'm just like, "Fuck!" Yeah. I was listening to this at full volume. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting, uh, to playing more because I, I. I want to actually be able to I like that third playthrough to see that new character. Yeah, I well, I want to actually like play like an, at least enough of this game to have like a really really in depth conversation about it because I feel like there's a lot of shit going on and I understand it to be a very philosophical game and I know and like what I what I'd always understood about the game is that it asks questions about the nature of humanity and apparently that's only the tip of the iceberg and so i would like yeah to, i would like to get i'd like to see where that where all that shit goes and like how how much deeper it gets 
So I had assumed that you had played a lot more than me because yeah. of how my schedule had been this week. Um, so I did go onto Wikipedia and read the story, and I'm just and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I am excited to see what happens in it, but um, I mean, I but I am aware like where I've gotten past with the first one is like basically the robot are like from my understanding of it and from what I read like our skim through um is like they are like the robots on the thing are like starting to like study humanity and like yeah. say actual phrases and like stuff like that so it's all very because, exciting like, and new like humans had been like extinct for like thousands of years or something like that uh, well yeah that's the uh the spoiler in-game st- story yes like yeah. humans have been extinct forever and then apparently with the last playthrough you get to choose nope. if you want nope. to nope 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 okay um <laughs> i need this <laughs> essentially but the, but the androids that you play as are like human-made androids and then the robots that you see are like alien robots that have come right. down right um so it's the uh it's the battle of those two perspectives because the alien robots have been studying humans. Yeah. And the androids were made by humans. So, like, I, I'm really looking forward to, like, seeing what the resolution of all of this shit is. And, um, you know. I'm I, excited to actually see it, too, and, like, get more in-depth. Because Wikipedia synopsises are very vague. Uh, my, the, thing, the thing I, suffer, I struggle with uh, with, games like, uh, with games like that are, like... When a game is just when a game like presents such a singular experience that once I'm done with it, well, there's nothing like it to go to, so I'm just kind of like stuck, and so like the only my only option is to just play through that game again. Uh, but I am I'm really looking forward to actually uh, playing through it and finishing it. Um, At least like Nier makes it like worth it to keep playing yeah. the same game over and over again, yeah. which is not something that like, I'm t- used to. Because there's books I've definitely read where I'm like, fuck, I want more of this book and more of this writer. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is the only thing they've ever written. Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I just read that like same story over and over. So, yeah. So I would say, um, I mean, I guess we don't have like a resolution. We didn't really talk about that. But um, didn't get past that part in Last of Us. But also, I've only played a little bit of Nier. There, I have many more playthroughs to go through. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think next week we're going to have a different game. Yeah. Uh, like, Tom has talked about a lot of games on this show, and there's, like, lots of video of him talking about games that either I've never heard of or I've never played. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to go through those. I will say this. I know for a fact that I do not enjoy Monkey Ball, so I will not be doing that. But... <laughs> we, won't, we won't do that one. But um, maybe by the end of this... Or by the time it gets back, uh, like, if or if Tom comes back, that um, will be better games. Maybe. Maybe. Probably but, not. But, but we'll we'll have more definitive proof because we'll have a larger <laughs> sample size. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm. I mean, Tom and I. Uh, what what I find, what I what I found most attractive about this is that Tom and I's taste. It, for with very few exceptions, they often diverge, and um, he and I are very rarely playing the same games. Uh, so this will this actually gives me, and I know for a fact that you and I are never playing the same games. 
The only chance would have been for Sun Aragata War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, but other than that, we uh, I think all three of our tastes are pretty different. Um, so actually, getting to play more of the kind of games that he's into, maybe I'll maybe it'll broaden my horizons a little bit. I don't know. Um, I know he loves that Danganronpa, so maybe that'll happen at some point. I mean, I do have Danganronpa already. So. I have. Well, I'll have to look in my Steam, but I have some kind of Danganronpa, but. Uh, Either way, I think it'll be fun, and I think that it will. I think it'll also give a, give both of us more insight into uh, what it means to be Tom. What it means to be what it means <laughs> to be Tom, and that and answering that philosophical question once and for all through the magic of video games. Um, but also, maybe Tommy One Kenobi can help us. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you liked our show and want to listen to more of us, we are on um, like the iTunes, we're on Google Play, yep. Stitcher, yep. Spotify, yep. other other podcast apps. Yep. We also got the Instagrams. We have a Discord server, which will be linked. And if you're not watching us, we're on YouTube if you want to see what we look like. Yeah, if you want to do that. Uh, also, um, I have been I have been asked again about uh, what's going on with um, being able to ask us questions or give us comments for to read on the show. Um, I don't as of right now. I do not have the requisite access to the Save Continue podcast email account. So I will be I'll be creating a substitute until such time as I can get access to the original account. Uh, but once I do that, I'll start leaving those in the descriptions of the episodes so that and uh, I'll start shouting it out on the show so that you guys can write in and talk shit to me and Shanae and Tom. Please do. Yeah. We, we all need to feel much worse about ourselves. Uh, <laughs> I also should have mentioned, I guess, there's a fourth thing that Shanae enjoys, which is having shit talk to her. She loves that. Hold <laughs> into fighting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, and bye guys. Later.